Hello and welcome back to Scarves Around the Funnel, the podcast dedicated to Heart of Midlothian Football Club, brought to you from, it's always Musselboro for me, Laurie Dunsire, um, sitting in my living room. I, I think the most exciting move I get is from living room to bedroom, for recording purposes that is. Um, joined by Mark Donaldson, who isn't always in the same place, often in Connecticut, but today I think we find Mark um, in LaGuardia Airport, is that correct? Well, yeah, a, a hotel beside LaGuardia Airport. Uh, LaGuardia Airport, yes. Yes, in, in New York. For, Queens. For yes, um, nearly in Long Island. Uh, yeah, it's a beautiful day today, but look, I, I, I'll try and paint a beautiful picture of where I'm staying. But look, it's an airport hotel. We're not allowed to go into Manhattan, the city itself. There's um, there's like a, a bin lorry outside. I would like to say I'm looking at a trash receptacle and trying to make this sound posh, <laughs> but it's not really. And everyone's staying here, uh, from Chrissy Everett to anyone. McEnroe's not. He's got a house in New York. But this is one of these things, being in a bubble, you don't get to pick and choose. I'm just pleased to be here. And, uh, yeah, I... I didn't. I wanted to keep this streak alive. This streak of ninety odd um, that 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 we've done. I think what's the streak at fifty three now? Fifty two, fifty three in a row. Oh, oh, I think it's now fifty nine weeks or something that we've okay. had a show, at least a show every week. There you um, go. Just just to establish for those who maybe aren't aware, you are um, you're covering the tennis, which is yeah, why, not, why you're mentioning not, tennis players. I just have, I just have a fetish for airplanes, so today's <laughs> airport is LaGuardia, and I want to see some jumbo <laughs> double-decker airbuses. But I can't because I'm looking out at a, a skip and a bin lorry and some and some trash receptacles. So yeah, I've been trying to keep in touch with things that have been going on at Hearts, obviously through official channels and kickback and various other things. But timing uh, hasn't been easy, given the fact that um, I was in early yesterday, didn't get home till late after Andy Murray had played. Um, so, yeah, I'll, I will be following your lead today, Mr. Dunsire. <laughs> well, that that could be dangerous as well, given um, I just uh, had a half day and got back from work uh, about 10 minutes before <laughs> we started this. Um, Edinburgh traffic, bloody nightmare at the moment, even more so than usual. Um, so yeah, let's let's see what happens. This will be, I guess, maybe more off the cuff uh, than normal. I, how how often have we said that? And interestingly, Mark, you mentioned the numbers. So we do number a lot of the episodes. You will see it. Will, it will it will say scarves are in the funnel episode ninety seven on this one on whatever um, device you're using to stream your podcasts. However, this is technically and uh, unofficially uh, episode 100 this is our one this will be our 100th episode although it is not episode 100 yes there you go following <laughs> yes. your lead right at the start yes correct Look, what can i what can i add to that correct you can't exactly. you, I, I, I don't i don't even know why yep. i paused just in yeah, case exactly. <laughs> there was no if there was no pause there was no opportunity but the pause uh, elicited an opportunity which eventually ended up in a yes that tell you what this is about five or six minutes so far of utter bluff so the rest i promise that it's going to get better your career isn't one. it <laughs> <laughs> move on moving on so this week we will talk about the um Competition that we put out there last week. So this was to win a signed copy of 
Anthony Brown. I always, when I when I see it written down, I say his full name, but it seems weird. So uh, Tony Brown's Hearts book, which is coming out early November, titled "Reminiscing with Legends," which tells the story of Hearts' memorable cup win in 1998. And the competition we ran was for you to get creative and give us some Hearts book ideas. Uh, thank you to everyone for getting in touch. We're going to go through some of them shortly. And Tony has very kindly picked a winner who will get that signed copy of the book. We uh, shall also be talking about some of the latest transfer news around Heart of Midlothian. Uh, some of the latest news and even a little reference to some actual match action, believe it or not. And as always, anything else that might pop up over the next 45 minutes to an hour. Okay, first up, the competition. Uh, this is it's not the first competition we've had, but um, it is the latest one. And it's uh, asking for a bit of creativity. So, as I mentioned, we were looking for your heart's book pitch. So, the way we put this out there, we were looking for you to give us um, a title a tagline, a few words to describe what the book would be about if needed, uh, and also an optional part, the foreword. Uh, so who would write the foreword for it? Uh, Gilles Rousset did the one for Tony's book, and Mr Stephen Presley did the foreword for Mark's book, which you now can't buy, um, unless you maybe spot it in a, a charity bookshop. Or, or maybe... Steal it instead, there you go. I was going to say a car boot sale, but... You probably won't get them anymore, will you? It's probably be. Some... I don't know. Do they, do they still do car boot sales? Well, that's what I mean. Not, I don't know. I not don't not know. in this, not in these pandemic times, but no. before that, did they not used to have some giant car boot sale at Ingolston? And I remember the Ingolston Sunday Market. That was always good. You always used to. It was always two or three you could ask for movies that hadn't even come out yet, movies that hadn't even been released, or movies that hadn't even been recorded or filmed. They could get you them. Oh yes, we all know people like that, don't we, Laurie? <laughs> that's 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 the days when I remember going to Robo's um, when I lived in Gorgie, and you would always you know, you'd maybe go on a Sunday to watch the football and have a few pints, and there would be some guy would come round with with DVDs to sell you, and you'd you'd end <laughs> you end up half half cut getting home with some dodgy recording of some. Crappy, Train spotting three. I recorded on on someone's um, Nokia in the <laughs> cinema. You'd occasionally get someone who would stand up to go and get popcorn and get in your way or go to the toilet. Uh, those were the days. It's it's the, the kind of things you end up being sold in a pub in places like Gorgias. Yes. Either dodgy DVDs or maybe meat. Meat? Have you, meat? That, yes. Meat? Yes. No. Oh, I'm no, not... who, takes, who takes meat to a pub? Oh, I've seen it more than once no, in, in no. more than one pub in Gorgie. Someone will come why in. Would you, why would you buy meat? It's not even refrigerated. No. It's not, but that's no, the no. That, That's fish, the arse end of fish the Fish as well. Fish, meat, yeah, just... Fish? Yeah. <laughs> no. How smelly is that bag going to be? Oh, I'm... I'm You've lived a sheltered life in some in some places, Mark. Maybe I, maybe imagine not. walking into a pub with fish in your bag and it's honking. I've been. Um, if anyone has listened, has been unfortunate or unfortunate enough to 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 go to Benson's at some point. Uh, I, I don't go there often, but I have been there. Um, I have seen what have I seen offered in there? Yeah, um, meat, a bag of meat. Um, I've seen a jacket. <laughs> which I, I apparently new jacket, which I wouldn't be trusting where it came from. Um, 
That's the type of things that happened. Uh, anyway, how the hell have we got to this? What were we talking about? <laughs> Tony's book. Tony's book. Um, yeah, and I did. Oh yeah, because my book. Yeah, can't buy it. Blah blah blah. <laughs> you can only get it in car boot sales. Yes, that's how. And we then got we here. end up in fish in a bag. Fish in a oh. bag. Well, um, <laughs> you never know. Maybe when I'm next in a, a, a pub brown gorgie, maybe I'm in, I'll be in Benson's and some guy will come up and try to sell me a copy of your book. Sell no? you, yeah, as if he was... Sorry, mate, no, I'll just take the bag of fish. <laughs> right, uh, the book. The so book. we got some we got some entries into this and I'll have to... Oh, God, I should have had these open. Look at this, terrible organisation. Right, so thank you, David. I've for... had a... Wait, wait, wait. I've got up early, right, having got in at one thirty this morning... Right, and right now it's like 8.23. I've got up, I've had a COVID test, I've had something stuck up my nose, like <laughs> tickled my brain, which I didn't like. And I was ready, sitting, waiting in my hotel room, overlooking this trash receptacle in Bin Lorry. And then you're like, ooh, traffic's bad, I'm going to be late. And I'm thinking, okay, I was at that, work. that's fine. It doesn't matter. <laughs> Does, I was at work till one thirty this morning, pal. I've had like four hours sleep. I've got a deep voice like Barry White, which I always seem to have in the morning when I remember doing this. And then you're like, oh, I don't even have it open at the page. Come on, son. This is unprepared. This is unprofessional. Better. You're better than this. I mean, I'd, I'd opened it about two seconds into your rant, but um, anyway. Which is fine. Now, With, what have we got? Entry? Okay, let's see. So we got an email from Stu McClellan. He says, I would go on a season-long journey reviewing the games, home and away, mix it up with supporters clubs and trains to away days, review local pubs, match day programmes, pies and the usual stuff you experience on match days. Go around all the pubs in Gorgie just telling stories of what the season brings. I would call it Hearts Away Days and I would if I could get a forward by Robbie Nielsen or whoever the Hearts manager is at the time. Okay, that's that's decent. I, so like, as, that. I like that. Yeah, as as an author I'm now going to become a publisher and I'm going to, I'm going to tell you if I'm interested. I, I think that's fine. Um, I will add that to the list. It's 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 not being disposed of. That that's decent. No, that's good. That, that, it, that's it's okay sort of like it's like um a take on the was it what was it the little red book was that what it's called the wee red book wee red the book. little red book that's li- that's little red riding hood come on son what's going on with this well, the wee red book aye and um it, I guess it's like a, a hearts dedicated one with a bit more that's the that's the Edinburgh version because it was produced by the Evening Times <laughs> the wee red book but in Edinburgh it's the little red the little book. red book yes it's usually you that comes out with the posh ones um. Let's see, we've got George Hobb also emailed. He says, um, title, Tynecastle Turnstile Tales. And, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm intrigued by that. Okay, yeah. good. I, I, want, I want to know more. The tagline is, 10 years working with Robbo. Forward by Mr. <laughs> God, Giza Liftover. <laughs> oh, Christ. Um, a book about the adventures of a turnstile operator. I was on the gates for 10 years and I had some laughs and a lot of nonsense. Uh, the day I went into the dark toilets in Gorgie Road end before opening and nearly peeing on a couple of lads who were hiding in the corner having sneaked in, um, <laughs> being quoted by Brian Meek in the Herald, telling the away fans versus Slavia that they couldn't get in without a check guarantee card and regularly, <laughs> r- regularly giving latecomers a believable but incorrect scoreline. Uh, that would be quite good, wasn't it? Someone who'd worked on the turnstiles. I'm sure you'd. It, it, I, I bet. I'm obviously a, a bit younger than you, so turnstiles when I was started going to games are kind of pretty much what they're like now. Albeit you, 
you didn't scan things. They weren't uh, technologically advanced, but in terms of the physical um, physical nature of them, they were the same then pretty much as they are now. But I guess you would have been around when they were a bit more... Yeah. Um, a, a bit more old-fashioned. And yeah. It was very easy to, I suppose, circumnavigate them if you were a certain age and size. Well, I was never that certain size. I might have been that certain age. But um, I do remember... <laughs> The the family the old family enclosure. So what what became N one? <laughs> what a dichotomy that is! From somewhere that's nice and pleasant that hands out <laughs> panini stickers to youngsters like me who then go back in an assumed identity and try and get more stickers and get told to Foxtrot Oscar. Uh, to go from that to to section N one where the the hardy boys and girls like to go and shout at other people who don't wear the same colours as them. But those turnstiles, it's it's great. I was I was fortunate enough before the stand came down to to get access to Tyne Castle just for an afternoon, just to take photos. And I've got a, a really nice photo of of the old turnstile I used to go through, and it had the little clicker at the bottom, so it would count um, how many people had had gone through, and they'd probably been in use since I don't know the sixties. Um, but there's a specific turnstile uh, in the old family enclosure that the minute you get through it, the first thing you see is is the pisser where the troughs used to be. Um, and, uh, and the smell emanates because you're Tank saying Castle, what's going on here? I'm 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 using little instead of we, and you're saying pisser. This is our roles have been reversed here. Yeah, but yeah, yeah they have, they have. Tank Castle for me was always a a place when I was younger that that it was like doing a paper round at Baldwin Court, which is an old folks' home in Pennycook. When I used to do, it. there were different smells from different areas. <laughs> of the old folks home i'll not go into that too much let's let's focus on hearts here so when you get dropped off or when you arrive from out of town um being a pennycook boy and, and not being an, a, a townie as such a townie. The, the, the first the first such i don't know why i'm speaking slowly and posh um the first such scent was the the brewery and yeah. I love that. It was just like, give me, give me more of this. And I think in later years they put a, a damper on it or whatever it was to try and stop much of that scent. So that was the first. That's when you knew you were in Gorgie, the scent from the brewery. Um, then you kind of, there was a smell to a new program. Um, you bought your program. Uh, was it George? I had this conversation. I don't think George, George is sadly no longer with us, but George used to stand outside the TSB. Um, and that's when I bought my program, and there was a scent to a, a new program. And then you would take it round to the family enclosure, and you'd go in through the the, the rickety rackety turnstile, and then you'd smell piss, <laughs> because that's the first thing that you see when you go through before you start, you climb those stairs, and then then heaven awaits. Um, so uh, scents, scents of not a woman, but of of, of a football club. There you go. There we go. Um, not sure where we're going with that one, but um, yeah, another another good suggestion, George. Thank you for that. Uh, we've got one from uh, Davy McClure as well, who's given us three pitches. Um, oh. So first one uh, is from Russia with glove, and in bracket S, so from Russia with gloves. Uh, Roman romanov versus i almost said roman versus ben romanov versus bednar a true david versus goliath story <laughs> the story behind the biggest heavyweight showdown in history forward by vlad himself um 
I would be interested to read a forward from Vlad in any context. Um, imagine, By the way, there's, there's, there's a reason why I put David Southern and Lawrence Brody's name in my acknowledgements for Believe, because I knew if they were in it, there was no way they'd get that translated if ever that got sent over to Lithuania and they appeared in it. <laughs> uh, well, Hearts on Fire. Um, the incredible story of Hearts' 22-game unbeaten run against the local Wii team, forward by the ace of Hearts, John Robertson. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, that, that would be for the for the purists, the the Hearts fans who saw most of those. By the way, is it just me when when thinking back to the Romanov Bednar um, battle? It's like it's like Smithers against Mister Burns, isn't it? It's the kind of pretend hit against your boss, and then then Bednar got knocked out. I well, like well, Mister Burns against Homer, wouldn't it? Like the the big bigger brute. <laughs> Just the, Would Smithers the, not be Roman Romanov in this sense? No, just in terms of the analogy being it's the insipid one versus the master. Yes. And you pretend to, oh, that was close, and then woof, bang. Indeed. We, we, won't, we, we won't debate our Simpsons analogy too much. Uh, number three is Healing Hearts. This could be this could maybe just be all part of one. It could be like a brief three-part series or something. Mm-hmm. This is the unbelievable story of how Rima and her magic golden stick helped Hearts secure Scottish Cup glory, forward by Roman Romanov. I, I'm beginning to wonder if uh, Davy McClure, this is like a Romanov propaganda exercise. The trilogy, isn't trilogy, it? Trilogy, yes. The, <laughs> the Romanov trilogy. Um, I wonder how many of the players got her name wrong because Robbie was always convinced it was it was he, Rita he said Rita on the show her name was Rima I believe yeah when we looked up afterwards we find it was Rima but he maybe just it was maybe just a forgetting thing maybe at the time um, <laughs> they weren't interested in being prodded by a golden stick and uh, well maybe each maybe somewhere you never know it's 8.32 in the morning here come on it's 1.32 in the o'clock. afternoon here so it's not too bad watershed Okay, so let's see. Next up, we've got James Thornton. Um, yes. Uh, we'd like to throw his hat into the ring for the competition with a twist on Anthony's book, he says. So this is titled Reminiscing with Randoms. Tagline, <laughs> one man's journey to track down the... F- <laughs> then apostrophes, faceless cast of thousands. I, I think that that's in reference. I don't know if he goes and references that, but who was it who referenced the th- faceless... Someone in the media... Uh, talked about the faceless cast of thousands, didn't they? Um, yeah, clearly. And and um, I'm sure they talked about the faceless cast of of Lithuanians or something, and had a and they were referencing Egert Jonsson at the time. <laughs> I'm sure someone talked about that recently. But anyway, let's see. The, the description from James says: from the start of the Romanov era to the end of Levine's second tenure as manager. Heart and Midlothian have recruited more players than any other club in Scotland. And he has put an asterisk beside this and said, probably, I haven't done any research. I will when I get my advance. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's pretty safe to say that they, they have. Uh, probably, yes. But um, just do a, a Rafa Benitez. Fact. Just say it's fact and we'll, we'll believe you. Uh, some became cup-winning legends. Others became targets for the Boo Boys. Others that you'd struggle to remember. This book follows one man's journey to track down the randoms, misfits, 
and forgotten men of this era who tell all about how they ended up at Hearts, their fleeting appearances in Maroon, and what came next. Hear tales of photo shoots on horses, fax machines, golden wands, never playing for Kaunas, what Romanov is really like, winding down a four-year contract and pissing off Levine. Featuring Fernando Screpis, Tiago Costa, Ludak, uh, Ludek Straceni, Straceni, um, Chris Hackett, can barely remember their names, uh, Nerejus Barasa, Arcadius Klimek, Linas Pilibaitis, or however the hell you said his name, oh, right. Ashley Smith-Brown, and David uh, Vanacek. Who would write the forward uh, Arcadius Klimek? Um, no, the horse. The horse would. Write the, the horse forward. would write the forward. That would be a that would be a very interesting one. It would actually be interesting, even just from a challenge perspective, of actually trying to track everyone down because it would be a lot. So I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna take us down a a, a, a dark and dangerous road here. Feel free. Um, Feel free. But before before the watershed, I'm gonna take you back to 2008. Um, I was at Talk 107 doing the Friday night football show that we we did for about a year. And we always tried to get players that belonged in or sounded as though they belonged in. So we were looking for players you would find in the kitchen. So Les Fridge, for example, things like that. So one of the topics one week was players you would find in the bedroom. So we got the usual thing, Frank McAvenny, no reason why, blah, 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 haha. So someone put in... Linus Pillowbiter. So I just read this out. I, <laughs> you you know, mentioned this before. Yeah, but it's been a while, so I think this deserves regurgitation. I had no idea at the time what that actually was and what the connotations were and what it meant. So I read this out on air, and the people in the studio alongside me cracked up. One of them was Tom Miller, who's now the Rangers commentator. He yeah. used to do Friday Night Football with me. Um, so I, I, I said, oh, I've got the Hearts player, Linus Pillowbiter. And then they were they were gone. They were on the floor. You know when there's like, um, is it spiders that just got upturned and legs are kicking? That's what they were like. They were in bits. And I'm like, what? I was confused. I couldn't really ask them at the time. So we went to break, and then I was like, oh shit, did I say that? Um, Linus pillow, but now I know. And I wish I hadn't said that. Um, but poor Linus. It's not quite the uh, the cartoon character when I think of him. It's 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 more the the comment that was made on. On Talk 107. It's like um, BBC Belfast, and I think we went, the last time you brought this up, people, look at that, we're repeating ourselves now. Someone's probably like, I've heard you talk about this before. Um, <laughs> when BBC Belfast were talking about Jimmy Savile, and they read out that um, <laughs> they read out that message without realising as they're reading it out what, they were, what it meant. Um, and I won't even say it again, because I've said it before, I'll merely play the clip. But just because it's it's so random to what we're talking about. But here's a clip from BBC Belfast. A few of your texts coming in here um, this morning, uh, an alternative view on the uh, Jimmy Savile story. Um, this text says, I wish everyone would stop criticising Jimmy Savile. He was a nice man. When I was eight, he fixed it for me to milk a cow blindfolded. That's a strange one. Mm. And actually, on the point of texts and tweets, um, unfortunately, earlier in the programme, I was the victim of a prank text about Jimmy Savile, which I mistakenly read out rather naively. I am very sorry if I've uh, caused any offence, but uh, apologies, it was a genuine mistake. Anyway, very entertaining. I'm sure you'll agree. Um, Mark can't because he doesn't know what I've just played at this point. Uh, <laughs> but James's, um, James's book idea, quite good, actually, I think. Yes, I, I like okay. that. There was a, there was a guy called Chris Stark, 
um, a couple of years ago who had a, an idea to try and a bit like kind of finding or reminiscing with, with those that a lot of people have forgotten about. His job was to find the missing players from and the missing stickers from his 2006 World Cup Panini album. But he wasn't allowed to actually find the stickers. He had to go and get them in person and get a photo with them and use the photo as the missing sticker. So he, he was kind of reminiscing. He was going all over Europe and, and globally to, to get these kind of missing players that he was unable to, to collect for his stickers in 2006. I think that would be a harder task, trying to not get stickers, but just get photos and, and meet up with some of those randoms. Um, because they'll they'll be all over the place now, all over Europe, and they would not be easy to find. A, a World Cup sticker book includes players that have played at a decent level and shouldn't be too difficult to locate. Some of the boys that Hearts have signed, as we say, not even household names in their own house. Right, I'm gonna I'm gonna pick up the pace a little bit because I know that you have you have tennis to cover later, and I've got a few of these to go through. So, Catch Twenty Two emailed us uh, Levine the Banter Years. Written by Michael Stewart, forward by Chris Boyd in crayon. First chapter, just a list of signings left with no comment. Middle page spread, images of Mallory Martin, audible download sponsored by Cathro's laptop. Um, God, Michael Stewart writing a book on Craig Levine. That that would interesting. Um, um, yeah, I'm, I'm just looking forward to them to them being on Sportsound together. I think oh, Gary McKay Christ, yeah. would, have, would have to have. Uh, We'd have to have some part of that book. So that's one of those I, I good enough idea, but it wouldn't be commissioned because who's going to buy that? That's the thing. It's, Craig Levine's not going to buy it because it's, it's having a go at him and others are not going to really buy it because it's about Craig Levine. So you need something. <laughs> He's to that, sell. Yes. Well, so uh, John Cowan. Might sell. Here's a simple one from John Cowan. Just says, a okay. picture book of the drunkest people I find at Hearts games over the course of the season. Love that. That would that would work. There'd be like a stocking filler, you know, just to sit back and and have a laugh, and there would be mm-hmm. enough. No, no enough. words, no words, just just pictures. no words. Yeah, don't always need words. Uh, Richard Cobb says, ten years in the life of the stuffed owl in the Roseburn stand. The twist: it wasn't stuffed at all, and would regularly fly around and shite on opposition fans when they were celebrating a goal. <laughs> the seagulls get all the headlines, but this guy was the original troublemaker. Didn't expect that, but I, I again, I, I like the creativity. Uh, again, the audience potential purchasing audience for that. Um, it, good idea. It would but, be a, yeah. it'd be a niche market. Um, <laughs> Jambo Jambo Hendo says title invincible no more tagline. A Glasgow football team arrive in Edinburgh in Edinburgh unbeaten in sixty nine games. Can Hart and Midlothian stop the juggernaut? Description: How the biggest team in Edinburgh killed the invincible dream of the Glasgow Celtic forward Kyle Lafferty. So many, um, so many potential titles for that book based on the number sixty-nine. Indeed, and it does come up. Uh, it does come up again. In fact, I'll quickly jump to where is it? Let me scroll. It was later on. Um, it's here. Mark Smith said, "Title: You always get pumped after a 69. <laughs> And the description is the day Hart stopped Celtic's unbeaten run by gubbing them 4-0 forward by Harry Cochran. So there we go. Um, that would be a good one. 
a good couple there. Uh, what we've got here, Andy Dixon says, Rudy's Satchel, a, led- a legend comes <laughs> to heal the divide. Follow heart of Midlothian legend Rudy Scatchell as he visits Easter Road and opens up his collection of Hibs players he has collected over the years as he returns <laughs> to the likes of Derek Riordan and James McPake. He returns them, sorry, to their former home. Um, I would. I, there's a lot of things that, that that just come not naturally, but the, uh, things get triggered when you when you say something. So how how about? Um, how about Fire Pit Tales or Fireside Tales with Derek Riordan and Rudy Scatchell together? Yeah, that's that's I mean, was, that's, was, that's almost as unlikely as Michael Stewart and Craig Levine getting together. Exactly, there's a bit of beef there, is there not? Goodness, lots me. of beef, and as you know from previous episodes, we we don't mind a bit of beef on here. Um, Alan Scrim eighty nine on Twitter says, uh, "Title: Give a Monkey a Typewriter" by Vladimir Romanov, an insight into the wonderful workings of Scottish football authorities and its media coverage. Forward by Roman Romanov. Um, I'm going to quickly keep reading, uh, and you can jump in if if you if you really feel mm. like it. But I am aware of the clock, so I'm going to get through a few of these because I want to give as much an airing as possible. Um, John McKellar says. Um, AWOL is the title, and it stands for Alim Wiping Out Leith. The story of that goal, as told by those who lived it, <laughs> forward by Dougray Scott. Um, <laughs> some unlikely forwards here, but you know, if, if you can get them on board, then why not? Oh, yes. um, Blair Dinwoody says, um, title, Our Checkmate, tagline, Memories of Rudy Scatchell stay, Stays, yeah, because there was more than one, in Gorgie. Brief description, a collection of stories about Rudy Scatchell at heart, on the pitch and off it, from those who watched him and shared a pitch with him, forward by Paul Hartley. Anything about Rudy Scatchell is going to be popular, I am sure. Uh, Leanne, title, Away Up in Gorgie at, um, at Tynecastle Park. Uh, match day stories and the highs, the lows, the dramas, achievements of the best team in Edinburgh by the fans. Um, I, you know, fan contributions are terrific, and I think people always like to hear that tales from from those who experienced it. Um, Ross Mabel says, "How to make enemies and alienate people: A season of management." Forwards by Ian Cathro and Craig Levine. Um, I'd be impressed if you got them involved, but. I'm, I'm sure it would be controversial. Uh, Amarus Lets It Run says, Eat, drink, rave, repeat. A no-holds-barred diary of the infamous trip to Magaluf in 1998. He says it would be a great sequel to Anthony's book. Um, we've, passed these, we've passed these to Tony, so he might consider it. Uh, what we got here... Uh, <laughs> Just let, let him get this first one out before he thinks yes, about number two. Yes, indeed. Let's not think about the next one yet, but... Ideas are always good. Um, Charles Lee Ray says, No bottle, no flair, but seven games to spare. Relive the 2014-15 championship winning record-breaking season. Jamie Mitchell, the day heart saved Hibernian FC. Wallace Mercer, the man of Edinburgh is the tagline. Uh, forward, um, Paul Kane. <laughs> uh, Hearts shirt uh, collector says, Title, Oops, I did it again. A history of Hibbs goalkeeping performances against Hearts. Forward, uh, choose from many, but maybe Jim Layton. You could you you could choose from many. Uh, Ross Marshall, uh, what we do in the shadows. Alternative title, rent free. 
everything everyone needs to know about Heart of Midlothian Football Club, written by those who know nothing about Heart of Midlothian Football Club, forward by Tam McManus, contributions from Derek <laughs> Riordan, Jamie Insall, and more. And that Jamie Insall is that... I had to look up who he was. He's always yeah, who, he's who always he? tweeting about Hearts. He didn't even... He played for he didn't play for Hibs because he never got a game for them. He was signed for them for a while, but basically got binned for um, testing positive for taking cocaine and now plays like semi-pro somewhere. Very weird that he, he just all I ever see is tweets from him about Hearts. Um, obsessed, I think is the word. Anyway, wow, I've just I've just Wikipedia'd him, and. I still don't know who he is, and I'm reading about him. So thank you, No Mark, whoever you are. Uh, yeah, apparently better at putting things up his nose than putting things Ooh, in the back steady. of the net. So um, allegedly, there you go. Ah, well, yeah, whatever. I'll I'll stick with allegedly. I'm not going ah, to trouble yeah. over someone I've never heard of. Yeah, yeah, whatever. Who cares about him anyway? Um, almost as irrelevant as Faisal Reras, who would be in the cast of the. <laughs> The faceless cast of thousands. Uh, Scott Foley says, title, one city, one club. Tagline, uh, Wallace tells us why he killed Hibs. <laughs> Wallace Mercer tells us how he, how two became one, how how they chose Maroon and White, why Tynecastle, and why Hibs really had to go forward by Wallace Mercer. So it would be, in, it's obviously an alternative, alternate universe type of one, but um, mm-hmm. it would be interesting to, even in, in a, fictional sense to see how that could have gone um, if things had went the way they might have in the early 90s wasn't it uh, yes let's see a couple more quickly um, Mark Wells uh, title not our kid and that's K-I-double-D obviously uh, the story of the 85-86 season forward by Walter Kidd the conclusion is infamous but what exactly did happen in the 85-86 season um Again, you know, yeah, the the end is not one that people want, and the end is one that people know about. But we could do a choose your own adventure, and we could do an alternative <laughs> ending. An old, yes, indeed, ah, the alternative ending. Um, Andy Dixon throws in one final entry. Um, he says, "Captain Cup winner, manager. We all shared a dream. Gary lived it. Join Hearts' youngest captain in telling um, all about his time at Hearts as player, captain, cup winner." as player and coach and finally as manager forward by Jim Jeffries. Um, if the book's Gary Locke talking about hearts, you're probably going to need a long series um, to to get in. I, I, I think you'd struggle to get, get Gary to maybe um, stop talking um, about hearts and filling I mean, pages. Him and Jim Jeffries, goodness. Oh, God, yeah. The forward would probably be a book. Um, okay, so um, sorry I had to rush through some of those. We are on a tighter schedule today, but thank you to everyone for getting in touch. Um, now we felt the best person to to pick a winner from these would be Tony himself. So we messaged him, um, and he said there were some good uh, good ones in there, some very funny ones, and he says he's going to go with James Thornton, which was the reminiscing with randoms idea. And Tony actually says um, he might tackle that one next. Would be great to do. So um, I, I'll, I'll, I'll let you discuss with James Thornton, Tony, about um, uh, I don't know if he's already patented this idea, but whatever. Um, but yeah, that was James Thornton reminiscing with randoms, and the tagline for that one was "One Man's Journey to Track Down the Faceless Cast of Thousands." So thank you for getting in touch with that, James. You are the winner 
of a signed copy of Tony's book. So I will um, pass on your details because you emailed. So I'll pass that on um, to Tony and we will get that all sorted for you. But yeah, it was a good entry and I think it was quite a few could have won it, Mark. But um, I like the idea and it's one that was entertaining but would genuinely possibly work. Yeah, and I, I think you could get a series out of that as well. You could get Reminiscing With dot, dot, dot. Tony's books Reminiscing With Legends, Ren- Reminiscing With Randoms is this suggestion from James. Um, yeah, I think this could this could work. You could be on to something here. So thank you very much to James and to everyone else. And uh, yeah, another some other entertaining, creative bits of feedback from everyone. Okay, let's move on. Uh, so uh, we're briefly going to talk some transfer news. So we've talked to Aaron Hickey before, and we're going to talk about him again. And I, I don't want to get into too much detail because as we're recording, nothing is apparently set in stone. And <laughs> this, this one has been running for quite a few weeks now. The uh-huh. talk is that it looks like Aaron Hickey is likely to sign for Bologna. Um, fees been talked about 1.5 to 1.8 million in total, but potentially with an initial loan. So... First up, Mark, I want to talk about the deal because, again, I don't want to get into the details because we're all just talking paper talk at the moment. Nothing set in stone, but people talking about the fact that it could be a loan deal initially. Will that affect Celtic's sell-on? A, a, a few people I was chatting to earlier today just say this is the way the Italians tend to do it these is. deals quite often, so maybe not too much to read into. What happens a lot in Italy is that a loan deal is done with either an option or an obligation. Mm-hmm. Um, in fact, all loan deals are done that way. And there's no real kind of split. It just depends if you if you want the player at the end of it or, or not. Um, Kulusevsky of, of Parma is an interesting one. He was owned by Atalanta, um, loaned to Parma. Then in January, Juventus bought him. Um, so it was actually from Atalanta. Then they loaned him back to Parma, where he'd been playing. So he stayed where he was. Um, and he was allowed six months at Parma again before he, he joins up with Juve this this summer. Something similar may or may not happen with this. I would I would suspect that say for example it is a an initial loan deal. It would be with an obligation to buy, which I don't think would affect the thirty percent sell on. I think Celtic would be due that. Okay. Um, I don't I don't think Hearts would end up getting the player back because. Um, when I leave here in New York, head back on Monday the 14th, my first Serie A commentary is the first weekend of the season, which is the, the 19th and 20th. So they're not going to send Hickey back to to Tynecastle um, on a loan spell. If he's going to be the backup to Mitchell Dykes, then they'll want him in the, the squad straight away. So it may end up being a 12-month loan deal. Um, with an obligation, but mm-hmm. but that's that's the way they do it um, with, with regards to sell-on clauses. It's, whether it's a tax issue or or whatever it is, yeah. it's just it's it's different from what we're used to. And in terms of the move, so a lot of people mm-hmm. expected him to go to to Bayern Munich, who of course are uh, without doubt a bigger club than Bologna. But uh, and again, we're, we we don't know for sure. This isn't from the horse's mouth, but. I guess what might potentially be swaying him, and this is what some of the papers have been suggesting, is that Bologna are talking about him being part of their first team squad, and as you say, playing backup to to first choice. Whereas at Bayern, he's going to be in is it the under twenty threes? He would be. Yeah. Um, I don't know that that could be a big thing for him to continue his development because he's obviously got a taste for regular first team football, and he is 
he is only 18, but he maybe, and again, you know, we're, we're, we're talking hypothet- hypothetically, maybe being at Bologna will be good for him because he will be around the first team and will probably get at least some action. Yeah, I mean, this is this is like going from A to C via B rather than going directly from A to C and maybe never making it and, and getting lost in a system because there's, there'll be a lot of talented youngsters at Bayern and there is as, as part of that under-23s. So, again, he may or may, may not make it here. It's it's the same, but there's a there's a quicker path potentially to getting there. I think I said a couple of weeks ago, did a couple of Bologna games towards the end of the season, and, and Mitchell Dykes, their normal left back, was was injured, and they played Stefano Densville, um, another Dutchman who's a centre back. They played him at uh, at left back, and Sinisha Mihailovic normally plays a four, um, doesn't usually play a three, although I've seen him play a three. So Aaron can play both, um, and. Yeah, I, I think it's I think it's a good signing, um, a, a good move for both. In that Aaron hopefully will will get his opportunity. Um, they play Coppa Italia games early in the season. Uh, I assume it's going to be the case this year, uh, given the the kind of change of of dates. Mm-hmm. And those games could be an opportunity for him to to get an outing. The other thing, Laurie, in 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 Italy, um, clubs can name up to twelve subs. Yes, um, of, yeah. of which they can they can make five from. So there's a decent chance that Aaron, uh, if it is just him and Mitchell Dykes um, competing for the the left-back role or Aaron backing him up, there's a good chance, because they always have youngsters on the bench, that that Aaron could find himself in most matchday squads, which wouldn't have been the case if he'd gone to Bayern. So it's exciting all round, and I'm just delighted if it does go through that hopefully I'd get get the chance to... uh, to commentate on not mm-hmm. just a young Scottish kid in, in Italy, but uh, but a former Hearts player. And in terms of um, transfers coming in, a confirmed signing for Hearts this week is Josh Ginelli. Now, I did tweet Josh early just to confirm that it is Ginelli because I watched a few clips and um, most were pronouncing it uh, Ginelli, but I did see a couple of clips where the commentators were going with Ginelli, but that does seem... Um, unlikely. But anyway, uh, 23-year-old on loan from Preston North End for the season. Previously with the likes of Burnley and Walsall, but has uh, been spending quite a bit of time out on loan in England. Um, appears fast and direct. Uh, and I'm going to move this on to combine it with the fact that Hearts were in action against St Mirren this week. What's great to see is a Hearts winger beating a man and crossing <laughs> to actually provide an assist in Hearts' yeah. 2-1 friendly win. And obviously, you know, I know you always like to add the the um, the the but and the caveat to when we're talking about this, Mark, which is whatever we say, we don't know for sure yet because we've we we have not seen him much. But even that to me is at least promising that on paper, you know, we've signed another wide man who will potentially take players on and and look to get decent crosses into the box because we've lacked that on the whole for quite a while. Yeah, and and obviously there've there've been players since John Colhoun, but with John Colhoun now pretty voracious on Twitter. Oh, yes, he's very um, active, yes. Yeah, he, he is. Uh, he, he gets back to, to you if you if you message him. Um, and he he was the kind of, he was the original for, for us, for me, from who watched it in that in that era, um, getting to the byline, the, the kind of shirt tail hanging out and, and delivering it in. So it was nice to see that that's the first kind of involvement for, for Josh. Um, I have to say, I, I want to I show a virtual red card here. So my wee pal Lenny from Pennycook, because he messaged me, Josh Ginelli signing for Hearts. Sadly, his brother Gino was frozen out. 
Oh. That's rubbish. That's that's so, well. You say that. That's the type of thing that you would come out with. I, I know, but he got there first, so I'm giving him a red card. <laughs> is is that still a thing? Is there still Gino Ginelli ice cream? Um, I don't know actually. I know the name. We need to find this out. Or is that only for those of a certain vintage? Of those of us kind of in our early to mid forties. Um, Gino Ginelli ice cream. Here we go. Yeah, is it? I don't know. Can you still get it? 1994. It was it was big in the UK. Do do you remember anything that appears on a do you remember suggests it ain't available anymore. Suggest, so those of yes. those teenagers in early twenties probably got no idea what Gino. They probably think Gino Ginelli is either an Italian footballer or a pizza place. So, um, but good to see. And we've definitely lacked um, wide men. I was going to have a reminiscing about wingers, but um, we probably don't have time for that just now. And we, I think we might have touched on it before. But also in that St. Menon game, um, there was a Hearts trialist who was involved, and we've discovered that was Jan uh, Songo, uh, who is a 28-year-old Frenchman who can cover defence or a sort of defensive midfield role. And I do remember him from his spell in Scotland before because he was briefly with Ross County and I commentated on a game in which he scored against Hearts uh, back in 2014. Um, spent three years with Plymouth. Plymouth, that's his main involvement since uh, his time in Scotland and that's uh, in Leagues 1 and 2 in England on the whole, making over 100 appearances for Plymouth Argyle. I would guess, I, I know he can play midfield, I would guess Robbie's looking at some cover at the back with with Suter out, um, yeah. it's not someone that the name uh, you know fills me with excitement. But given the level he's played at, you think could possibly do a job. Certainly playing in the championship for a maybe a short term deal or something. Yeah, we're a championship club now, and our expectations of potential signings have to be limited as yes. thus. Yes, indeed. Um, in terms of, <laughs> it's funny. I, I do love. I do love uh, Twitter sometimes, uh, even when it's been ridiculous. And obviously, Hearts were in action, and part of me did when I saw it pop up. We were two 0 up, and I was like, "Oh Christ, yeah, why, why, why are we now winning two 0 away to St Mirren?" But there were people, you know, commenting, going, like, getting excited about it, and and then St Mirren scored, and people are getting annoyed. Oh come on, Hearts, typical again. It's like yeah, it's it's not, it's not, we've not had it since March. It's we've a friendly. Done. Come on, no one. You know, if we'd been pumped four 0 by St. Mirren, if we'd won six 0 you just can't read too much into these things. Um, it's a it's a run out, and I don't think St. Mirren had a a very strong team out by their standards either. Um, but I think it's just good to to see these games getting played and getting, I guess, players getting some match fitness. Yeah, and it's bizarre a little bit as well because normally you know the games that are are taking place, and sometimes in the past you get the chance to go down south or whatever for preseason friendlies. Yeah, I just find out that Hearts are playing Burnley tomorrow um, at twelve thirty at Turf Moor, obviously behind closed doors, and it's like, oh, we played them, did we? Or oh, we're playing them tomorrow. And you don't have to announce them because you're not selling tickets for them. I just it's it's good, and and the way that the Hearts website covers it is excellent with the all the reaction and, and you get to see the goals so I know we faced Sheffield United in one of our first games so yes. it's good to get some decent opponents um, that'll give us a good test this weekend as well Okay I was going to move on to something which I thought could uh, could be homework for next week because I know you're obviously yeah. Yeah. you're very tied up just now 
um, I hadn't planned anything, and um, we got a tweet from um, Pan. <laughs> I kind of say his name every time. Pant Shaton, um, <laughs> who said, "Players who barely played for Hearts, but you love." He said, "My choices are Lee Miller mm, and Craig Beatty." Um, Lee Miller, who played twenty three choices. Times. Yeah, he played twenty three times for Hearts, scored eleven goals, and Craig Beatty uh, just nine games. And three goals, so I thought that'd be quite an interesting one. Um, yes. I don't know if we need to set some um, some well, boundaries in terms the of the parameters. The parameters, because I don't think so. I don't think no. because uh, there's a couple I was going to mention. That, that I mean, Andy Thorne, he, he didn't have enough time to become a favourite, but he he, he stepped in um, after the four red cards at Ibrox and and played against Celtic and and. And did very little else in a Hearts jersey. So even although he only played uh, that amount of times, Mo Berti, we still talk about him. William Prunier, there's one for you. Um, a former Manchester United um, defender, French kid. Uh, I'm just looking at Andy Thorne, by the way. He, he also played against Motherwell in the league. That was his only his league appearance. Um, I don't even know if William Prunier uh, played a game. I think he was... He was at the club as a trialist, but I don't think he ever made an appearance for Hart. So to set parameters of you have to have played X, Y or, or however many number of games, I think I think there's a tale for those that maybe haven't even yeah. played but, but came on, on loan or, or on trial, sorry. I was trying to think of, um, I mean, love is obviously a strong word, but I was trying to think of players who, who weren't with us long, who I, um, who I was quite fond of. And BT's obviously a good one, less than 10 games. Um, only three goals. I only got one league goal. It was against Hibs, but um, obviously very well remembered for the fact that he dispatched that penalty in the semi-final, which then helped us on to the final, which we all remember very well. Some were popping up. Um, Andy Todd was a random one that popped into my yeah, head. the big defender. Um, yeah, we we got him. Just, could play centre back, but was also pretty decent. He was one. I don't think we played him outright up front, but he could play an attack. And he I remember him scoring at Petodre. Um, a bit of a random one. There's the likes of Mauricio Pena, um, Genero Zefauk could could fall into that category. Probably yeah, similar. I don't have his stats in front of me, but it's similar to Lee Miller, kind of half a season banged in the goals. Um, Willie Jimison would be mine because um, he scored against Celtic really late on. That was when the behind the goals, um, the stand was hadn't even been started to build yet, and there was a tarpaulin or whatever, and he just unleashed a thunder bastard. From from way downtown, it was on Scottsport. I think it was Jerry McNeil commenting. Way downtown, Willie Jimison with Hearts for less than a year. I I like that for homework. I was initially yeah. thinking as we were going through the whole turnstiles things, and you you were talking about the turnstile operator. I think it was George who um, he opened it up nice and early, and there was he spied two boys in there. And I kind of thought, has anyone out there who listens to us ever? Kept a night at Tyne Castle. You ever slept over? Had a sleepover at Tyne Castle? Oh, well, that's uh, you, people can answer uh, that as well. If if because there yeah, probably dude, won't I, be many who can. But I, exactly. <laughs> so 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 that can be your your um, superfluous. Okay. Um, your, your homework. But I like that. I, I I like that kind of those that weren't there for long with I think limited parameters and okay. we could get some we could get some good ones for this. Okay. I'll be I'll I'll be less pernickety than what I was going to be. Um, but uh, yeah, so I guess your main homework for next week: players who uh, have not played many times for Hearts, but you were very fond of. Um, and you can tweet us at Around the Funnel, um, or you can email 
podcast at scarvesaroundthefunnel.co.uk. But also as a another question for very few of you or any, maybe none of you can answer it, but if you've ever slept over at Tyne Castle for a night, um, let us know at the same contact details. And uh, yeah, that I'll be very pleased if we can get a, a positive answer to that one. Okay, I think we've managed to cram uh, the main points in that I was hoping to cover today. It's been a bit a bit slapdash on this Friday, but with you up late and then up early and off to work, getting your COVID test, covering the tennis, me at work, coming back early, stuck in traffic, um, we just about, I think we just about got, got away with it today. I agree, I agree. And uh, as, you, as you blether, I'm... I'm reading about William Prunier being booked against Hibernian in a nil-nil game in his trial. And he never did end up with a contract at Tyne Castle. So he's not going to be my entry into the those that didn't play much, but uh, you still liked. And I'm off to the tennis, minus Andy Murray now. Um, and hopefully, I've got one more week of this. Hopefully we can do the same uh, again next week after I've had something rammed up my nose. <laughs> well... As long as it's only up your nose, um, be thankful for oh, that. No, no, come on, no, come on. <laughs> anyway, thanks for listening. Um, we'll be back next week with more scars around the funnel.